Hey, this is Barbara Corker, and you are now tuned in to Business Unusual. And everything you ever learned about business, throw it out the window. I'm going to tell you the real deal. Listen in. Today, I'm going to answer all your burning questions about work, life, starting a company, getting on track, and much, much more. Be sure to call in to the Business Unusual hotline with your question at 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. If you want to make a killing, you've got to surround yourself with the right people. Short and simple. And today we're going to talk about just that. Who to look for, where to find them, and how to court them to choose you in today's crazy job market. Plus, I'm serving up a round of rapid-fire questions, rapid-fire answers, so listen in. You're going to learn a lot. Hi, Barbara. It's Robert in L.A., and I'm just calling to ask you about uh, hiring salespeople, um, looking to you know, really jumpstart the business after the pandemic. Um, just want to know where do you go looking for good salespeople, characteristics that you look for, any kind of red flag, uh, and also their structure for their salaries, bonuses, that type of thing. Any insight you could give me would be great. Thanks so much. Look forward to hearing from you. I think you're the first person I've ever spoken to twice. How did you get to the front of the line? You must really get good questions going. (laughs) Okay. The last, as I recall, uh, check my memory though. You remember you described yourself in a hospitality-driven business. And I think that was, you took customer insights, uh, did research uh, to help companies in that realm. Yeah. But I think at that time you were headed back to sales and you were concerned about a lot of stuff around you that was weighing you down and you didn't know how to get focused. What's happened since then? Then I'll get on to your new question. Yeah. Yeah, no. And I took your advice. Honest. I, 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 I sat back and I thought, you know, Barbara hasn't, doesn't even know who we're from war with. If you remember that. Remember we talked about. And I thought, and then you talked about your husband, like he was watching the news all the time and he was glued to it. I finally just turned it off. I just shut it out. I just said, you know what? This, it's not good for you. You know, it's good to be informed, but not be saturated with it. So I, I, I took that out of my kind of my world and I, that helped. Um, I and then I started like thinking breaking about our addiction for you, Robert, did it feel that way? Like breaking an addiction or was it an immediate relief, like gone with you? <sighs> that one was more of like a, an addiction breaking, you know what I mean? Like Twitter was like a relief. When I got off Twitter, I was like, Whoa, this is amazing. Like it was, you know, pounds lifted off your shoulder. Um, I, I think because of the war with that, uh, with, um, that's going on now with Russia and stuff, I, it, it, I felt like I wasn't paying attention. Maybe I wasn't doing what I should do as a human to be like engaged in knowing what's going on. But then I realized, you know what, it's not my, I should be engaged, but I shouldn't let it r- kind of rule my day. And since I work from home, it's on in the background and it's just that constant you know, listening, listening, same thing, same thing. And I just found that it was kind of bringing me down. So I was like, you know what, let it go. I put on some like calm music when I work. I'm very kind of like Zen and it just helped me really focus in on what I needed to do. You. Um, Amazing. You took right. control of things, turned your head yeah. on the whole thing and turned around the stuff around you. You know, it's always a compliment, I think. Uh, when you get sucked into other people's problems, because it means you have a good deal of empathy. Mm-hmm. And I very much am wired that way. If you put me around a happy person, I can feel the happiness. You put me around a hateful person, I feel the hate. And it affects the way I feel. I don't have that barrier built into my personality. 
But, you know, a while ago, I started thinking about this, uh, rather than empathy, which is walking in someone else's shoes, that's really feeling it, whether you want to or not, I started thinking, let me just be compassionate. Compassionate has a screen book between you and you and whatever that is. You know, when you have compassion, I feel like you could really feel badly for the person, but it's not inside your guts all the time. You know? yeah. And so um, it's amazing you were able to make that shift. That was about March, I think I spoke to you, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I really did, like, three weeks ago, just drop that. That was, like, hmm. a turning point. And then I also, I started to look at, you know, like, when we talked last, it was about, you know, the pandemic, and, you know, I lost all this business, and it's been a lot of money that I'm out. I'm like, you know what? Let it go. You can't live in that. It's just, it's as, it's as bad as being surrounded by someone that is negative and whatever. You know, you, right. you just, I, like, I just said, let it go. It's going to come back. There's money out there. It's go, you know, the economy's going. So just focus on what you need to do today and get it going. And were you and, able um, to stop? To stop once you stopped that, were you able to jump right back into sales with Verve, or was it a hesitant step? Uh, it's still a little slow. Yeah. <laughs> right, that's expected. What you told me is so on point and true that you, when you had to go back to doing sales in your 30s, it was depressing. It was. It, it's it's still a little depressing. But I mean, I know I need to do it. So I need to get over that too and just say, you know what, let's do it. And I have been contacting my old clients and I've had three come back. So it's getting there. It's, it's slowly churning. The restaurant industry is still hurting. My That's Chicago true. clients are still, they're like, we look busy. You come by, we're full. They just did an article on it uh, last, what, two weeks ago uh, on Friday. And, and they said, but our, our happy hours, like our Mondays and our Fridays, you'd be shocked. Like the lunchtime, great. At night, not great. So mm -hmm. they're still, I think they're still trying to... Um, Get it going. You can't recover your own business faster than the business itself is recovering, right? All you can right. do is parallel the return and uh, help people through those choppy waters. And I would think with uh, your kind of business, it might even be more of a demand about that, like to really see what customers are thinking, what they're wanting new, what the changes are. I think you have a stronger sales pitch in a way. Why is it you're looking for new salespeople now? Uh, I was surprised at how fast that was coming. Um, well, I, so I, I thought about the history of the company and I, I hired a sales guy like in 2017 mm -hmm. and he was allegedly this great guy. He built this, you know, helped build the company in the eighties and nineties, um, uh, some kind of telecommunications type of thing. And he just came highly recommended. And I said, sure, then, you know what, let's do this. I really have never hired a salesperson. I've always kind of done it myself or at the time I had a business partner and then it was word of mouth and all that good stuff. Was he on a commission basis or did you pay him a salary? I just paid him like a flat salary because I said, I want to see what he's made of first before I commit to like giving away the farm, so to speak. So I was like, let's just do a small base salary, see what you can churn up. Um, and you know, it just, he made some contacts, but never sealed the deal. He never got me that would you, in hindsight, looking back, think think he was a salesman by nature, or was he not a salesman? I think he. I think in terms of his personality, he was a salesman, but I don't think. I don't think he had the urgency to to seal the deal. I mean, it's great to have a lot of contacts, and I know that that's how sales begin. Sometimes the sales cycle takes a little time from the time that you initially, you know, kind of meet and greets to the time that they finally sign on to the program. It takes 
sometimes a couple months just to kind of nurture that friendship relationship. But it was, it was, there's a disconnect, I think, because I own the company, clients are more inclined to say, hey, I'm dealing with the owner, he, this is good, you know, versus some guys, you know, who's a sales guy, and then he's going to hand me off to the owner, and it just maybe doesn't, you know, do you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Everything you're saying makes sense. Are you in the position, I'm going to give you some advice on sure. uh, getting the right people. There are a couple of red flags I heard in you describing that experience. So the reason I paused on that experience of hiring the wrong guy, maybe, I, maybe it was also half at the wrong time. Yeah. Maybe it was half again at doing the wrong thing, or maybe, maybe another half of the wrong personality. But whatever it was, there were three things that were red flags. Someone well recommended him. I'm going to take shoot a hole in that. I've hired the worst people in my life based on other people's recommendations. It almost spun my eye toward liking them and thinking they're amazing before I meet them, or at least good, or, oh, that other guy who recommended him is cool, so this guy's going to be cool. I've always found that's one of the kisses of death. Um, hiring someone on a salary short term, I have found through my own practical experience, a kiss of death. Okay. Hiring someone because they have the right contacts, another kiss of death. <laughs> you're, like, you're just shooting me down. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You're like, everything you could have done wrong, you did. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? You rolled it into one guy. So you got yeah. three lessons out of one. Not so bad. That, that goes for a good learning. I think the, the notes that have always been the positive notes on salespeople I hired, because that's how I built my business, just hiring the right salespeople. And believe me, I made some clunkers, some bad decisions, but I got pretty good at it after a while. And I started looking for the same traits. I tried to ignore their personality when they came in because I had stereotyped what a salesman looks like. I know that sounds weird, friendly, gregarious, outgoing. Uh, mm -hmm. I had some nurses that were phenomenal intense salespeople that never said a word okay all right. right so my list got very different after a while number one on the list was urgency you know do they really need the job do they really want the job how eager were they for the job that was my first do they um have something to prove oh i love it insurance policy for success it's not just a job but they really wanted to prove they could really do well to somebody other than the boss i hired uh happy people not happy go lucky but someone who really didn't have troubles you know uh, a guy that comes in or a girl that comes in who's still figuring themselves out in a deep meaningful way because they weren't raised properly i skipped over that because yeah. I found out after trying to hire a couple of these great potential salespeople, if I couldn't make them happy or if their parents couldn't make them happy, I should say, I sure wasn't going to make them happy. And when you're not around a happy person, it sucks the energy of the sales team down. It was just you and them. Yeah. I can say to you, talking to you, you strike me as the kind of guy that will always do better in a team. You don't seem like a loner to me. <laughs> not I'm good at both, I'm, but I, you're right. I like people's energy. It helps to... Yeah. Bring me up. I'll tell you the other side to that too. You're extremely likable. I could picture you as I did. Uh, you're a good salesperson, I'm sure. You wouldn't be in your field and you wouldn't have even survived. I was a good salesperson, but I was a phenomenal manager. And I yeah. thought being a good salesperson, top of the heap, was pretty darn good and I should be satisfied until I stepped into management and realized I was really good at management. I suspect you're that same guy, you know? I suspect I could picture you 
dragging energy up from people who are around you versus you being by yourself and trying to self-generate your own energy. If I didn't have a team to come into work with every day, um, I would accomplish nothing. It's not that I don't know how to do whatever I'm doing, but I bounce off the energy of the team, the enthusiasm, the brainstorming. That's my best self by 500%. Yeah. So I think you should get out hiring somebody as fast as you can. And I would even say hire two people. But I don't think you should be offering salaries. I think you should offer a trial. Come in for a month. Let's see how it goes. Come in for okay. a month. Is that, that, helps my, that helps me financially. <laughs> but pour on your charm. I mean, when you start talking and everything, uh, you've, got, you've got that way about you that could really uh, charm people and get them on your side. Where would you run your business? Out of your office? Yeah, so that was something. Have you, you have an office you? or is it out of this home here? This looks like a this is my, Yeah, and this is my condo that I, that I, this is my home office now. Because I mean, with, with the pandemic, we used to have an office back in Minneapolis years ago, but then we just kind of realized, you know, we're spending all this money and yeah. we're such a mobile, you know, company and, and we were online. So it almost seemed like we're just wasting money. So and, if you were to hire people, let me ask you, would they be working out of your, your office where you're working or do they never come in? Do they always do their soliciting on the phone? So that's a really great question because they, the guy that I hired in 2017 worked from his home and never came in. So that also I think under your arm uh, in the very beginning, he didn't come here. Yeah, I did. I, we, we did a lot of communication every week. We were back and forth and, and, Not the same. and but it was, I, again, you're absolutely right. Cause you're making me think of not to talk about the HOA, but when I deal with our staff here, cause I'm the president of the HOA, I, you know, they can come down in terms of their energy. And then I go in there, like I'm going to later today and interject them with energy and lead by example. And so that's, that is my strength. And I actually feed off of that very well. Yes. I mean, it, it gives right. me the energy. I give them energy. It's just a whole. Yeah, that's why a team will always work better for you. Um, what I would do if I were in your shoes, I would hire two guys or gals or whoever, as fast as I can uh, use a checklist to really trust your gut uh, more than uh, any credentials or recommendations or contacts. I would try to slip that one to the side. And I would say to them, listen, I'm taking a big chance on you. My time is extremely valuable. I'm a phenomenal uh, teacher, phenomenal manager, whatever. Storm yourself up. You're probably not doing that enough because you're one of those nice guys that doesn't brag. Brag a little bit. You know, it's salesmanship. And say, uh, what is unusual about my company is I'm willing to take you on for a month as a trial on a commission basis. Uh, and I'm going to train you side by side for the first month, side by side in my presence. I would try to hire local people to begin with. If you know somebody, even if you're running your shop right there out of that pretty apartment, they come in, you say, I work out of home. I don't mind you working out of home. But for the first month we're together, you're going to shadow me. You're going to make calls with me. Uh, I, I do other things, but you're going to be right in my presence. Sound like that. I don't trust you. So I'm going to train you. I'm going to yeah. train you. You know what's going to happen? You're going to do a better job, Robert. You're going to make more calls than you, than you would if you didn't have anybody there. Uh, you're going to discuss the problems with obstacles, getting over the obstacles, how to get through to this guy, what kind, how to write an email to break through, to get an appointment. But I say you hire and you try to hire if you possibly can two people at once. There's something about a crowd is a good one on that versus you and me. What do we do now? But come on, guys, sit down. Bah, 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 bah. Um, I think you could get your business up and spinning even without enough business to get. 
uh, right now, because I think this changing waters and you're going to discover where in those changing waters you could grab stuff. If yeah. you have more commotion around you, more teammanship, more energy around you, and it will, it will force you uh, to be your best self. Never mind, make them. If it doesn't work out in uh, a month, you just say it's not working out. Uh, I would only add one other thing that I learned to do after hiring salespeople for two years, and boy, what a difference did it make. I would say before hiring, let me tell you what your goal is. You have to sell one apartment in the first three months. I gave three months because you couldn't possibly sell within a month. Your business, I think you could sell within a month. You have to get two clients within the first month while we're working together. That's your goal, okay? Certainly feasible. We'll work on it together. I, I am a believer in stating an exact goal the day someone starts so they know what their God is that they serve. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you something of the thousands of people I hired over time, half of them fired themselves within the three months because they knew they weren't reaching their goal. Made for easy work. Next, next, next. Not, <laughs> easy. Not easy to sell. But yeah. I think be very clear on what your goal is. Think what could you do if you were at your best self and give them a goal a little bit less than. Yeah. You know, but state it right on the front side. And we're going to advertise for people. See, that's the thing. I, I, those are kind of my three parts to you. Is one is where do you look for good salespeople? Are you, you know, combing? Everyone's always like LinkedIn, LinkedIn, you know, combing LinkedIn. I mean, I get that to an extent, but then it kind of goes against what you just said, is that, you know, people can build themselves up. Oh, he's so great. Oh, he's done this. He's just that. And then that's a red flag right there for you. Let me wrap up with what has worked with me in that regard. I'm okay. a believer in Indeed. I believe... Okay. Uh, I believe you put the job description exactly, exactly with as much detail on Indeed. Okay. Uh, it's very inexpensive. It's a dragnet of people. Things like even must be within 45 miles of wherever you live. Be real, uh, can have some flexible work time, da, da. be real clear, okay? But then you need the juice, the marketing to jazz it up. You know what? I, would, I wouldn't call your position great training program, one-on-one -on -one training, one-on-one -on -one sales training. Everybody wants one-on-one -on -one sales training. They yeah. can apply to anything. So right. position yourself as a sales training position, one-month training, unlimited commissions. So no, that's great. That's great advice. I appreciate it because that's the one thing you know. You, I live in Los Angeles. There's 10 million people here. It's like, where do you start to find good salespeople? And, and you have an embarrassment of riches. Indeed, I'll go on to indeed. Uh, but I want to tell you that, ironically, most of my good salespeople that I ever hired, I found on the street uh, in a bistro, somebody really friendly who is better than the other clerks at the place. Hey, if yeah. you're thinking of switching on an airplane, you've got a great personality. How about teachers? You know, if you ever get tired of teaching. And I built my empire on those people. We didn't have Indeed then. We had the New York Times classified. But I got people on career nights uh, on classified ed. If you want to try that, you can get 10 people in, comb through them, see who's good. But you're going to have a, have to do it in a forum outside your office, outside your home, pardon me. Yeah, 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 of course. I could go on and on, but I think I gave you an I love it. And I then, love it. I Thank you. I appreciate it. You're the best, Barbara, really. Great thing from you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. It's Barbara. Just call her. It's Barbara. Hello, this is Barbara. Hi, my name is Todd Bacon, and I had a question for the podcast, and that is, how does a person who's basically the golden goose that leaves the uh, lays the golden eggs, who has multiple, multiple inventions, 
uh, and can't stop inventing, how does he find somebody as an investor who wants to have a long-term, lifelong relationship with him and become his funding partner? What's the best advice for that? Thank you. Todd, I have some bad news for you. You're not going to ever find an investor to invest in your ideas. Let me try to explain why. Inventors are dreamers, and that's not what people invest in. Investors like to invest in dream makers, and that's the important piece you're missing. People who invest want a good idea that comes with a person able to execute it, to build it, to make money on it. You can't delegate that out. It's part and parcel of building a business. What you might want to do instead, Todd, is look instead for an employee who likes to make things work. Someone who's good at operations, who could bring one of your inventions to a fruition. Maybe that's a good idea. But if you're looking for someone to put money into a sheer idea, it just ain't going to happen until you decide you can bring that idea to life yourself. Then you'll get the money. Hey, some of my best questions, honest to God, come into my Business Unusual Facebook group. I'm going to answer those questions today. We're going to try it rapid fire style, 30 seconds or less. And by the way, if you're interested in business, don't miss my Business Unusual Facebook group. We have the coolest conversations going on there. I'm learning more from people than they're learning from me. Okay, we're ready for rapid fire right now. Quick questions, quick answers. And for a little help today, I'm bringing in my chipmunks. You know why? They talk fast, so they're going to help me stay on track. Do I need a business coach or just go for it? Well, the purpose of a business coach, in my mind, is not so much that they give you the advice you're looking for, but they lend you support. That's the real value of any coaching. So I think it depends upon how you're wired. Some people are wired that they are okay listening to their own counsel. They're kind of like the guy that goes to the mountain and comes back with the answer because they listen to themselves. They just need the space. And then there's a lot of other people who need to talk their thoughts out loud. And these are the people that gain the most from a business coach because they are heard by the coach. It gives them a chance to reflect and hear their own thoughts back at them. And they really leave feeling fully supported and more courageous about what they want to do. So I think it depends upon how you're wired. Uh, but if you're asking the question, chances are you need the support. What's the most important trait of an employee? The most important trait is that the employee have the right attitude. And when I say right attitude, I'm talking about a positive attitude, a willingness to try something, a willingness to learn new things. And why that's important is the employer gets so much more out of that employee. They can promote them. They could get them to do things they never thought they were possible to do. And the business moves ahead with them. The other most important trait, I would say, is that they be a team player. But I generally find that comes automatically with somebody with a great attitude because they're open-minded and so they're willing to join hands with another member, share credit, and work toward a common goal. So attitude and team player, those are my two favorites. Without them, you'll never build a big business. You'll never succeed to the dreams that you might have envisioned because you have the wrong people. And that's all we have time for today. If you have a question, leave me a voicemail on the Business Unusual hotline, 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. You can also tweet it to me at Barbara Corcoran, and I may just answer it on a future episode. You've been listening to Business Unusual with me, Barbara Corcoran. 
Come back next week to hear more steps and missteps I took on the path to success. Search and follow Business Unusual on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.